Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have an extraordinary brother, none other than Justin Richmond. We were just talking about how complicated the issue of race is and me accidentally calling Nikki Haley, who is a woman of color, a white Southern governor. And I made the New York Post over that because it's complicated. Justin, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm doing, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great, man. It was, it's always, it's always fun to wake up and, and, and check in on Politico and, and see a little controversy like that, you know, it reminds me that we, we've come far, but not all that far, you know, it's always going to be complicated. And always going to be complicated, but I mean, people have to begin to have these discussions, which is why you're here because yeah. you were somebody who helps usher these discussions around. We start each one of our shows by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers. And you've had a very career in journalism and podcasting. So take us through the arc of your career from your first job working with none other than Tavis Smiley uh, to your work uh, now with Pushkin and the Broken Record podcast. Yeah, man, that was, um, yeah, what that was, that was my introduction to really, you know, when I was in, when I was in, in, um, in college, I went in thinking, you know, I'm gonna get my bachelor's, get a PhD, I think after and teach, right? And then I started, I started uh, doing some some student work in the different academic departments, and I uh, realized like, you know, hmm, I don't know if I really want to consign myself to this level of bureaucracy the rest of my <laughs> working life. And so I immediately started thinking, what 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 could I actually do then? Like, what did I like about the idea of teaching or being a college professor? What what could I research? publishing, um, speaking to young people, et cetera. And I realized, oh, that's all things you could do with journalism. And so what, by the time I graduated, I moved back in with my mom because <laughs> I couldn't get a job. <laughs> and I just started cold emailing um, producers of different shows. I like radio shows and TV shows, um, just saying, like offering up myself to help. And um, only person to get back to me was a brother by the name of Joe Zephron, Jay-Z, who used to run um smiley and west and tavis smiley's radio shows on pri and so yeah they i got brought on to um to start working on smiley and west with tavis smiley and cornell west and that's where i first learned to edit audio and i first learned to book guests and i first learned to write scripts and that was right you know and like the whole thing and on, I was those, like, on those shows they just give you the ball and be like here go run with it right that was it. It was like, boom, was all of a sudden, you know, I went from, I used to watch, when I was a, a high school dropout, like 15, I'm watching Tavis Smiley every night, Keep the Faith, like that kind of little Keep the Faith thing, that kept me going for, you don't understand how much of a battery that put on my back for, for a number of years. And I had to go from that to now I'm uh, like, you know, a few, few, couple weeks into this thing and I'm uh, I'm writing scripts for him. It was terrifying, but it was, uh, it was also, I was like, wow, you know, like if I could get paid to do this for real, like the rest of my life, like, there we go. You know, this is yeah, it. I mean, that, that makes sense. Let, before we get into like the, the deeper dive into your current work, I want to talk a little bit about Tavis Smiley because I feel like he's owed an apology from the Obama years. But mm. he's one of the very early black voices on television that helped to make it plain on race and politics and how we understand our place in this country. Kind of what we were just talking about. I had my issue with Nikki Haley and, and race on Sunday and then on Monday had to define what woke is for people out there. So how did your first job, you know, shape your later work in your career trajectory and your understanding about your race and your place in it? Well, you know, I, I gotta be honest, like the way that um, Tavis ran his operation in terms of the business aspect of it, owning his studio, Cheryl Flower Studios in, in Crenshaw right there. When I, when I, when I saw that, 
and sort of like the Byron Allen model, I guess, too, right? Of like really owning your content. And I think that I could be wrong, but I think that's how it was structured. You know, like his stuff, he owned it. It would get licensed over to PBS or to PRI. I could be, I could be wrong in the particulars, but it, that was the feeling at least. And at least that he owned that studio. Again, it just made me start to think like, oh, like there's a, there's a way to do this that isn't just you working a nine to five for a boss your entire life, you know, and that definitely um, planted a seed in me, you know, I always was a bit of a, of um, always had a bit of um, independent streak in me, you know, and so that resonated, you know, I was like, okay, well, I could figure a way to make a living in this world, calling at, at some point be calling the shots for myself, like that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, um, I'm not there yet, and I'm happy to be at Pushkin because <clears throat> I'm at a place with Malcolm Gladwell, who's another beautiful black brother who gives me a lot of um, encouragement. And I learned, I just, I learned so much from Malcolm. It's, in, it's insane. He's um, brilliant. Jacob Weisberg, like too, his business ridiculously, partner. He's ridiculously people. brilliant. Ridiculously brilliant. Ridiculously brilliant. Ridiculously humble, um, and just one of the great people. And Jacob, who I work with too, great people. I mean, so it's like I'm at a good place right now, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, you know, there is a part of me that's like, okay. I, that that Tavis model, as you, as you're talking about it, it's like, yeah, I would like to get. How do I get to that? How do I get to that place of having that freedom to really um, call the shots for what it is I do? Not that that would make it anything better. Like I could make all my worst stuff at the point where I'm calling the shots in my life, but I'd like to give it. A, I'd like to give it a go. You know. So before we talk about started from the bottom, let's talk about broken record. What's the broken record podcast about? In what space do you think? The Broken Record podcast has filled in the podcast universe. I actually think it's a necessary podcast. I will tell you, though, there are a million and a half fucking unnecessary podcasts out here. Every Everybody got a microphone in their house right now. Everyone's got a mic. But, you know, let me tell you, like, when we started Broken Record, man, it, it was, um, I, w- I was running point, I was running point guard. I was running Magic Johnson point guard for Malcolm Gladwell, Rick Rubin. Uh, on this podcast, a music podcast. And, and what I quickly realized though, after hanging with with Rick and Malcolm is that these are guys who like, they're not just like, oh, I'm gonna have a podcast because people tell me I should have a podcast or because it's the hot new thing or whatever. It's like, they truly enjoy the medium. They truly enjoy the work. And um, so, you know, getting a chance to work with people as accomplished and incredible as Malcolm and Rick and sort of see the level of work that they put into everything they do um, was another thing that was really inspiring for me. And, uh, and I think it feels so, so in that way, it's not just, you know, your everyday ordinary podcast, like these, like really, it's like, I think everyone who touches the mic on that show deeply cares about music, deeply cares about um delivering for an audience too you know delivering for like what care about what people want to hear you know and want to find the interesting stories so you know for us broken record school like we talked to everyone from i talked to 80 some year old sonny rollins and joan baez um, uh, to you know uh to like arlo parks who's like a a young 22 year old british singer-songwriter right or 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 hit boy like i had an episode of hit boy come out today right he was, oh i gotta check that out that i like hit boy he's I incredible love hit boy. he's incredible and an la boy you know just like me so you know it's like 
Um, I think that's the beauty of Broken Record is the, the span and the scope and that we really care. You know, it's not just like we're not just doing it to do it. We're doing it because we really love music and we love the me- We think it's a good medium for for music. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Now, this is the the question that people have. Uh, okay. How'd you link up with Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell? I mean, you, you throw those names out. Those are serious co-hosts. Like, you just yeah. don't walk up to them in Starbucks and be like, hey, can we start a you know podcast together, fellas? No, 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 no. I know, man. Well... You know, um, yeah, you don't. You put in a lifetime of work <laughs> to get to that. Like, you know, I'm watching. I'm watching you formulate this answer. But go ahead. I grew up a music head. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I grew up a music head, and I grew up thinking like I was gonna pursue music professionally, like that. Or I didn't grow up that way. Like, when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, I thought I was gonna like pursue. Like ever since I saw the Temptations made for TV movie on ABC back in the day, or NBC, I think it was. Um, I remember being like, one, I'm never going to do cocaine. And two, I thought I'm going to do music. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, then I got derailed. Which like, one of those things kind of came to fruition? I never did. Co- I've still never done cocaine. And I, I'm proud to say I've never done cocaine. I ain't touching it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> David Ruffin taught me an important, important lesson as a young, <laughs> as a young lad. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah so and then you know i kind of went wayward and i got into journalism and all that and so i got hit up from a graduate school professor who knew malcolm gladwell's producer was like yo they they're they're trying to get this music show together they need someone in la to work with malcolm and rick and i was like wow it's finally my two worlds coming back together like my my experience because you know i was at npr and all this all my my journalistic audio experience and all my experience just being loving and, and being around music my whole life um, it finally came together. Yeah. And so I got to, I went up, I went out, met, um, Malcolm went out, met Rick, you know, bonded and, and, and we started the show, you know? I mean, that, that in itself is like extremely, extremely dope. I mean, you gotta be, you tell, you're showing folk that you, you know, you gotta be prepared for the opportunity, but you gotta put in the work because that journalism grind gave you that opportunity. Yeah. It's June. So we're in uh black music history month. I actually mm. didn't know that until I was preparing for you. So how does Broken Record celebrate Black music during the month of June? And how can listeners find and follow the podcast? Bro, we celebrate Black black music all year long, dog. We, uh, we, we, we There ain't no just confining it to June. Although, you know, we might put out a little playlist, man. You know, I was, I've was i been thinking about it. I started curate. You should curate to, a playlist for us with them too? I, I think I'm going to, man. I started these little playlists that are like, um, I got to finish them. This is, this is maybe a good... Now that I say it publicly, this make me finish it. But I started like a, a bunch of playlists that are just like black joy, black uh, excellent, like like black um, uh, black pain. Like, and it's really it's just curating the entire black experience just through music, right? Like from from blues to jazz to 
to disco to to hip hop and funk and and everything. So maybe I gotta maybe I gotta put that together. And, oh, that's you, we gotta do that. I mean, I'm now nah, I'm gonna hold you to that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I mean, or you could just just play a quimina all day. There we yeah. go. That's right. You're yeah. That's right. That's right. Hey man, we love we love uh, we love Outcast. We love uh, we love greatest Outcast. rap group of all time. Right. Easy. No question. Yeah. Okay. No all question. Right. And there's great rap groups. That, that's not to. I mean, it's 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 real competition. But yeah, I think 100. percent They're they are incredible enough to 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 merit to warrant that. Yeah. That's what, okay. Let's talk about your newest project. Started from the bottom. What's the inspiration for it? Other than Drake, apparently. Yeah, Drake. Well, Drake was that song was hot when I was in college, man, you know, and, um, you know, going back to that, uh, just surveying my life quickly, you know, high school dropout, found myself in community college, miraculously transferring to UC Berkeley as like a, a, a deferred admission, and then finding myself at in a, in a overwhelmingly non black school, you know, like in trying to find my way, what I realized was, um, you know, that it's really easy to feel like a, an imposter when you're a, a person of color or you're a woman trying to make it in the world and you're not necessarily surrounded by people who look like you, who can give you the roadmap right to success like if like if i was and this is not to denigrate because i think our shows for anybody i think uh anyone should be able to listen to this but if i'm a young white kid and i'm trying to figure out how to make it i think obviously get into the best school you possibly can get into join a fraternity leverage those connections to get the best job that you can possibly get out of school and and you're off right you're off starting off with a six-figure career and building from there right and you've learned about equity and stock options and et cetera et cetera et cetera all things that we necessarily haven't had majority of us as people of color and women haven't had people who look like us modeled that for us, you know, to have someone in the flesh in proximity to you who can do that. It's, it's a much rarer scenario. And so what I thought was, man, I want to just start for my own edification. I just want to go start talking to, um, to people who made it. I grew up in LA, man, like where Magic Johnson was, the, Magic Johnson was the face of black entrepreneurism, you know? And and then like later when I was starting to conceptualize what this podcast was, Byron Allen, black comedian, bought the Weather Channel, which was just like mind blowing to me. Like, how does a black comedian own the Weather Channel? Like, you know, like, and so I was like, I just wanna go talk to these people and get a sense for how did they, how did they do this exactly? Because I know the path for all of us is extremely different. It's not just that prescribed path, um, that that many people are able to follow and so um I, I wanted to start talking to people and i realized i should start recording it so i, start, I just started recording a bunch of conversations with with people famous not famous people who are you know hardcore hustlers to people in the nonprofit world like i mean like it's not like th this isn't this isn't only a this isn't like a like a, a a podcast only for like business majors or anything like that like i really want to show that there is like a, a lot of ways to succeed in this world man so start from the bottom now we're here here can be different for so many people and tends to be and so i want to show show it uh, show the varied experiences you know this episode is brought to you by thomas's thomas's presents technique with tom slicing an english muffin with a butter blade boulder dash just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor for each one is unique like a snowflake thomas's huzzah a toast to breakfast 
Jedi are being murdered. Now streaming, Star Wars Returns, only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it! Believe me! She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. New episodes Tuesdays, only on Disney+. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You know, I learned a lot from all of my interviews, and including this one. This one is no, no different. But what have you taken thus far from the Start From The Bottom podcast that maybe you didn't know or appreciate before you started the project? Well, one thing I really want to, I want to research more of, it's going to, it's going to take some elbow grease for me, but one thing I really want to research more is there's a certain group of people I talk to, but I want to say about maybe 45 and up, who what I realized was they, a lot of their stories had to do with how they made it, had to do with specific programs that were put in place to, to um, help their success. So whether that was uh, programs in college that would help you find internships, like literally specifically for women or people of color, like programs that were designed to help you find an internship. In the case of like, um, uh, in the case of Sint Marshall, who I spoke to, who's, she's the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks and now started her of career. Of course, Sint's the baddest woman in the NBA. One of the, the baddest women in the NBA, one of the baddest women on the planet, to be real. And she got a job at AT&T because they wanted to bring in young people of color. Now, not only did they want to bring young people of color in, but then they had a program within AT&T to help young people of color develop management skills. And so she was part of that early tract of, we're gonna bring people in, and we're not just gonna bring them in and let them flounder, we're gonna bring them in and set them up for success. She ends up running AT&T, you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? I talked to Ursula Burns, who's at Xerox in college. She got placed into Xerox as an intern because of a placement program where they're trying to recruit women and people of color. Then when she gets there again, a myriad of programs to accelerate her success to the point where she becomes CEO of Xerox becomes the first black woman uh, to, uh, to head a Fortune 500 company. So I'm, where do these programs go is what I want to know. Like, are they still out there? I, they could be. And we don't know. My hunch is there's less of these programs. Correct. There's less funding for them. And they're going to be less. And, and there's going to be, be less. Affirmative action is going by the wayside. People don't like diversity programs anymore. So, yeah, the, these opportunities are going to be fleeting i think when you look at that age group of people they came of age at a time when affirmative action wasn't the dirty word it is now like of course there were um um believe i mean surprisingly when you look back at history of course there was always a lot of uh um tension around <laughs> whether it was uh busing 
or or affirmative action or whatever. But I think by and large, people believe that we should find ways to find opportunities for people in our society, right? And I think the the rhetoric has gotten more and more tribal since then, which is surprising. Like I, I think in a lot of ways as a society, we've gotten more tolerant in some ways, but I think a, the rhetoric has definitely become much more tribal. And I think that the way we think of affirmative action is certainly, yep. um, it's just like, it's, it's, you know, it's going away, it's going away. And I think these pro, I, my hunch is that these programs don't exist. And I think that's a, that's a huge problem. So I'd like to figure out actually where the money is for these and, and where could they exist. And, um, you know, I, I, just one more big question for you. I know we all have a creative process when we select guests and research them and prepare for them. What's your process like for finding guests and preparing for the shows? You know, just people like I have a huge master list, man, of people like, again, like I want to find people who um, who are famous and non-famous. Like I thought at first I was like, you know, my producer was like, yo, we should talk to uh, to uh, to old boy who did uh, who was uh, the, the guy, the model for the pursuit of happiness. It was, you know, so I reached oh, out yeah. to him. And I got I was, his name. Yeah, Chris something. And uh, we reached out to him and he said, you know, I don't do black um, was his email back to us. And so, you know, I would like to talk to him now just to get a sense of why don't you do black? <laughs> and, what does that even mean? I don't know. But so he's now on a wish list for a, for a different reason. I just want to know why, why, why is that? Like, I feel like you could be a great resource for people. Um, Magic Johnson's on my wish list. Like people who there's people on my wish list who just who I think would be interesting to talk to for um, for uh, just because they would be an interesting conversation. There's people who I greatly admire and grew up around and go into their establishments like Magic. Then there's people like uh, like um, you know um, who are like behind the scenes more. Like I want to I want to talk to LeBron's crew, you know, whole crew of folks, man. Like all like Mav and and them, you know, like people who help establish superstar success for other people like they're the ones they're, they're having immense success but they're not having to be the face of it the way lebron is and and then i want to talk to people like who franchise restaurants and so uh, you know there's everyone i think so many everyone has an interesting story it's about whether or not you can bring it out of them and i think that's my job right so i want to find people yep. who are doing cool things um and find a way to open them up and bring their story out of them you know yeah well how can people find both of the podcasts how can people Man, listen? All those we, good things. We are everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Alexa, whatever, you know. So broken record and started from the bottom. Um, and you know, two very different podcasts, but both hosted by me. So they both are very dope. Broken record is one of my favorite podcasts. I just have to tell you that. Thank you. Um, uh, what do you what do you have working on? Anything else you're working on? Yeah, a couple things. Yeah, a couple things I can't uh throw out but we're, we're gonna um we are gonna refresh um I, I did an audio book with malcolm and paul simon about a year ago and we're gonna refresh that i think soon and then i have another podcast that i'm um i'm eping that's gonna be come we'll be announcing it next month that's gonna be with someone uh equally large in stature as like a paul simon so that'll be that'll be fun and um yeah just work it just just working away man and i'm open my inbox is open if you got <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to make something holla yeah. at me yeah, andre 3000 got to be a guest don't start it from the bottom that's my i secret. love andre i would love to and i want to find a way to do something with him too yeah i think that's a that's a brother of many you know that guy has so many interests and he's just a curious human i just saw him walking around playing the flute and yeah 
Taiwan or Japan. No, it was Japan. Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. crazy, man. Anyway, cat, man. Justin Richmond, thank you for joining Bakari Sellers Podcast, my brother. Hey, Bakari, man. Thanks for being a model of excellence, man. Oh, oh man. I'm, I'm trying. You. I'm trying day by day, man. Except Keep for it in the middle of the road. Enjoy vacation. I'll tell you, this gonna be